So today we have a special treat for you. We've got Olga Katic. Did I say that right? Katic? Yeah. Olga and Billy Katic from uh, Mushroom Mountain Farms in, um, well, much more than a farm. We'll get into that in a minute, in South Carolina. Um, she's the co-founder, owner, and operator. Um, so, and today we're going to talk about all things mushrooms, how we can use mushrooms to basically enhance and, you know, save life on earth in a lot of ways uh, by repairing our relationship with nature and using mushrooms and plants and see how they really build life together. So, uh, so you want to just tell the listeners um, a little bit about, you know, what brought you to this path of founding and, and then creating a life around growing and selling mushrooms and sp- teaching about mushrooms? Sure, sure. So uh, Billy and I, we, uh, we were born in, uh, in Bosnia and um, we left there when I was about 14 years old. But um, our life there was really revolved around nature, especially when we um, spent a lot of time. Parents were working and they would leave us with grandparents and, you know, there was no TV. There was, you know, not really any toys because that place right there, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's a poor, it's poor country. So um, what we did was we just hung out in nature and um, picked mushrooms, picked flowers, um, looked at trees, watched animals, picked berries, and so on and so on. So that's, uh, you know, uh, we, we were connected to nature ever since we were very little. And uh, that just kind of, you know, uh, went into adulthood with us. And, right. uh, and uh, when we moved, uh, we traveled around a little bit around different countries and ended up down in Florida. Um, and, and there, that's where I met Trad. And Trad and I uh, together moved up here to South Carolina and started Mushroom Mountain. And uh, Trad was, um, he also had an interest in mushrooms and he invited me to go mushroom hunting. He was growing a little bit of like oysters and reishi, some medicinal mushrooms in, in his closet and in, in his, uh, in his place. And so we bonded over mushrooms and then all of a sudden we moved up here and started Mushroom Mountain. So that's how, that's, that's right. how and yeah. Um, so uh, let me just read here. Mushroom Mountain is a company that focuses on the needs of the planet. We're developing innovative fungal solutions for world hunger, pest control, and disease. Our company offers high-quality spawn, fruiting kits, mushroom-related gifts and books, workshops, and farm tours and uh, to our visitors um, and growers to expand their knowledge of fungi. Mushroom Mountain is actively involved in micro-remediation design and research for removing biological and chemical contaminants from water and soil. That's a really big uh it is a lot that you guys are doing it's pretty amazing um so how did that sort of evolve over time into all these different threads or um how did that how that it did it did i you know the way i think of think about it is when i started growing mushrooms i didn't really know much about them except for hey they're so beautiful look at them in the woods they come in all different shapes different sizes and uh and, and then I started learning about like what their function was in, in the, in the forest. And from there on, it, it was just kind of like going into a black hole of, of, in, into a world of, of mushrooms and right. it just never really ends. I just keep learning and learning and learning and learning. So, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that, that's great. And was there any like major, um, along the way or forks in the road that kind of, that, that sort of 
coalesced into this grand vision that you you're now pursuing there? Um, well, probably, um, I would say just kind of seeing like where our, you know, where we are in, in our ecological, um, sphere right now with all the pollution and everything and, you know, um, how we grow crops, um, you know, uh, how nutrients in the soil are diminishing and all of that just kind of, um, brought me closer to researching mushrooms even deeper and, and trying to apply them in my everyday, my everyday living and, right. and educating others to do the same. Right. Right. So that, that's a good segue into, um, maybe we should talk a little bit about soil health. I've recently been reading a lot about, um, how to repopulate the the microbiome of the soil in my, my garden and, and, and area. And, um, I was recently reading about, um, Korean natural farming and Jadam and they're, they're, they're going, you know, taking a box of sugar out into the forest and letting the, the colonies grow and then creating a mushroom slurry and then spraying it on the plants. And, um, so, uh, I, uh, I guess my question would be, um, what would, what would you tell sort of beginning, um, soil remediation, you know, homesteaders or people who just want to go in their garden and, and build the life back in their soil, where, where would you have them? Where'd you tell them to start? I would tell them to make a mushroom garden right around their plants in their, mm-hmm. right in their garden. It's mm-hmm. very simple. Um, it's not very expensive to do. Uh, mm-hmm. The only money that you're really going to spend on is going to be the mushroom spawn. So I would say um, if you're going to begin farming mushrooms, uh, uh, you want to, Start with uh, maybe um, growing shiitake in the woods, which, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, if you have a forest, um, that would be a great way of um, introducing a missing link to really creating soil in your forest. Right. Um, and-, and then in terms of inside the garden, would you start with like a King Stratifario or, or some other strain? Or I would start definitely start with King Stratifaria, uh, which we also call the garden giant because the mushrooms can get the size of dinner plates. Right. And, um, uh, maybe start with that one. And another choice is if you really, really don't want to produce a large amount of mushrooms, instead build soil, I could also recommend oyster mushrooms as well. Just using mushrooms. And then do you need a, a hardwood chips for the King Stratifier or can you use softwood chips as well? Or You can use wood chips, uh, fresh wood chips. You can have a, a small amount of coniferous um, uh, chips in there. You know, they don't really go after that. They, they primarily right. break down hardwood, uh, right. but also wheat straw. Wheat straw works great. And What about rice straw? Can you use rice straw or just wheat straw? Uh, you can use uh, any type of cereal straw. So that would include rice straw. Uh, yeah. I believe so. Is, is that yeah. a, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, it's and technically a cereal, but yeah. 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 And then okay. cardboard, they love to uh, break down cardboard as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, let me see here. So what, what would you, so uh, some of the listeners are going to be interested in maybe starting a small mushroom operation uh, on their own for extra money, doing farmers markets, you know, as you're, um, I was, I came up with a word. I, I hope we can coin it today. A shroom, a panure, <laughs> as, you're, as you're, uh, as you're, you're, you have a lot of experience as a shroom, a panure over the years. So what would, what would you want to tell people, you know, given all the lessons that you've learned how to start and how to move forward 
Because there's so many, you know, it's it is it's a bottomless pit. You can approach mushrooms from so many different angles. Um, how would you? What would you encourage people to start with and and just pay attention to on that process? Yeah, sure. Um, I would start with the easiest species. There's you know species that are from scale uh, from one to ten. Some are mm-hmm. one, some are five, and then some are fifteen. And right. so I would start with the easiest ones, which would be Kingstroparia, which would be Bluet. Uh, shiitake mushrooms, oyster mushrooms, mm-hmm. or um, other ones like uh, some additional ones, like maybe reishi, you know, mm-hmm. those are yeah. easy. Um, and I would definitely start small, like do, um, bec- when it comes to mushroom cultivation, you're going to get failures. There's going to be, right. uh, uh, they are, um, mushrooms are very, they are, uh, they like, they're very competitive. So, you know, you have, uh, they're all competing for the same type of substrate. So if you have a wheat bale of straw and you don't pasteurize it well, um, then uh, some kind of mold is going to move in or some kind of other mushrooms are going to move in and, and take over. So that would be like a failure. So I would just start experimenting at first. When it comes to growing on the ground uh, with the plants, that's super easy. There's all kinds of uh, fungi in the soil already. So um so that's that's gonna be easy. But if you're growing oyster mushrooms and stuff like that, definitely uh, on straws, on cereal straws, or other agricultural um, waste, then you definitely want to start small. One thing yeah. at a time, you know. Like make sure, like see how it uh, blooms. Like, do you have enough moisture in the air? Do you have enough water? And then from there, you learn and you you keep going. Great. Um, so in terms of the the beginning growers, then. Um, so your top tips so far is just, you know, start small, start yes. with the easiest. Um, mm-hmm. and then would you go, would you start with someone who's starting? Would you go for like, um, would you start outdoor? Or would you start indoor or what would you, what would you do? Um, outdoor, outdoor growing, uh, on logs is, you know, that's definitely a must. You, you want to uh, do logs outdoors, indoors, you're going to have to deal with, uh, too much, uh, uh, not enough moisture inside and, you know, yeah. like by outdoors, uh, the woods kind of take care of the logs themselves. So, um, if you're going to, if you, and if you are an out, if you don't have a greenhouse, definitely logs and, and beds. And if you have a greenhouse and you've got plants in there, then definitely you want to grow oyster mushrooms in containers. Oh, okay. Great. So, so oyster mushrooms and containers in the greenhouse, I was just imagining how the gas exchange would help the, both the plants and the mushrooms. Um, and then um, in, in, in terms of, so in the greenhouse, you'd probably grow in a warmer species then of mushrooms. Not necessarily, not necessarily. Uh-huh. Uh, with, uh, with oyster mushrooms, they come in many different strains. Um, yeah. There's, you know, like the warm blue oyster, there's the pink oyster, yeah. Phoenix and golden. Those are yeah. um, warm species, but then... Yeah. You know, for a little bit, when it gets a little bit cooler, you can grow the mulberry oyster or the brown oyster. And then for the wintertime, cold blue all the way. Okay, great. Um, And then, uh, so I, I have this crazy idea. So one of my big focuses and what I'm trying to promote is this idea of, of creating more closed loops. Like, you know, mushrooms is such a great key component of, of taking the, you know, the material that was really considered waste to turn it into another product, another food, another medicine. And mm-hmm. so, so for example, in my property, I cut down an oak tree or PGE, our local power company, cut down an oak tree. And then I had all these logs 
But then I had all these limbs that were too small to make logs. Um, and I have a chipper. Um, so I, and then I bought some bags and I was thinking, you know, my sort of experiment, which was probably too big. I probably have too many bags and too much uh, to start with as an experiment. But I was, I was wondering if you could talk about like how, what do you need to do to create a, a bag or a container substrate that you could work with shiitake um, you know, the oysters are going to be easier or with the Rishi or with lion's mane, which is currently the, the strains that I'm the, that I, the species that I'm playing with, um, to create a successful bag or, um, or container cultivation mm-hmm. with the wood chips. Like, mm-hmm. do we have to pulverize them into sawdust or could we just stick with the wood chips? Um, and do we have to go to sterilization with, cause in, in, in the organic mushroom farming and micromediation book, Trad says that, you know, for shiitakes or I think for lion meat, you have to have sterilized media. And I was wondering if you could just use pasteurized. You can't pasteurize it, unfortunately. Um, it has mm-hmm. to be sterilized and it needs to be in more like a sawdust format because mm-hmm. what happens is that, um, wood chips they are a pretty big size you know so mm-hmm. what happens is when you let's say that let's say the pasteurization worked right you pasteurize your wood chips and you inoculate them and then you put them in a bag you close it and you wait for the for it to colonize well, what happens is size is that it's not compressed enough so what mycelium does is it uses up too much energy to create like little um mm-hmm. bridges to, so it, it, it's going to be able to colonize the whole thing, right. and, then, and then it would fruit poorly. And I see. So it I would see. Not, not work. So that's why, like, when we grow oyster mushrooms on straw, we always tell people, shred your straw. Because right. in, like, really long strands, it just kind of creates, right. like, you can't compact it enough. So, so yeah. what I'm taking away from this is that um, you really have to compress your media, so it's more like a log. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, um, do you guys at Mushroom Mountain do you have a machine that makes sawdust, or do you purchase no. sawdust, or no? We actually we do purchase sawdust from a local mill, and uh-huh. uh, it's very close. And you know, right. he, uh, whenever I call him next day, he's he comes and he drops off a, a nice fresh uh, truckload of of, uh, of sawdust for us. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, that'll be a few a, a future research project for me is try to figure out how to make turn limbs into sawdust. I'll keep you posted. Well, I would like when it comes to this is how, this is what I tell people with uh, for your logs, right? The logs that you have, just grow shiitake on them. It's easier. Yeah. I mean, it does take a little bit of time. It can take anywhere from like nine months to a year and a half for them to. Yeah. Produce. Yeah. But for when sure. Producing, they'll they'll be producing for years. So yeah. say all of your logs for your shiitake mushrooms, uh, oyster mushrooms, you can grow them on, on straw. You can grow them on, on, uh, on wood chips. You know, if you, yeah. if you put some other things inside, like maybe like some shredded paper or coffee grounds or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, straw and stuff like that. So, right. Yeah. Right here. Wait, let me, wait one second. Okay. <laughs> This is my uh, this is my coffee ground experiment. Oh, <laughs> it's the the blue oyster. It's a blue oyster. Cool. <laughs> I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Can I see that on screen again? Yeah. So mm-hmm. Have you um have you colonized the bottom part of it too, or are you doing like a layered method? 
Hard to I keep. did. I, I did. I think that uh, maybe it got too wet. It might have gone anaerobic. And so now I've been storing it on its side to try to change the moisture to see if it'll colonize the top. So there is some in there. I just don't think I did. I, maybe I didn't put enough in there. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It right. looks good, though. I don't see any contamination. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Now, that's a good question. Um, a lot of times they recommend using Everclear. I just didn't have any Everclear, and I had some vodka, and I've just been using vodka to sterilize. Is that good enough? Or um, Isopropyl alcohol is, is mm -hmm. good enough. So okay. like 70% um, alcohol is great, but if you want to use vodka, what's vodka? I think that's like 40%. Yeah, it's a lot less. <laughs> a lot yeah. less. So, um, But at the same time, 40% vodka, it evaporates much slower than 70% isopropyl would. So mm -hmm. it has, you know, it, sh it should, it should work. Yeah. yeah. I just, I figured it's better than nothing and it's what I had. And that's kind of, so my, my, uh, the audience and myself, we're, you know, pretty low tech using stuff around us, trying to just, just make it work. Um, so, uh, and one final question about, so in terms of the closed loop and recycling stuff that's on our property. So the logs that are, you know, let's see if I can get my hand in the right spot, like in the angle, logs that are like three inches in diameter. Yes. Those actually on my side, I've got about, I don't know, 50 logs right now. Um, nice. But what I'm trying to do is to recycle the um, the smaller limbs, you know, mm -hmm. that are too small for log spawn. And so so I, what, I'm, what I'm understanding from you is I've either got to figure out how to pulverize them all the way down to sawdust and then, you know, do some sort of autoclave or sterilization. I'd probably just start with my Instapot and, you know, sterilize it in my Instapot. Um, but more likely what I think the, the, the first entry level, uh, way to utilize that material is to just, I'll chip it, I'll put it in my beds and then I'll inoculate it with the King Stratifari or, or an oyster. Yes. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. But that's going to be probably, um, um, a better way to do it because you're doing less with it, you know, with the, yeah. with Shiitake, uh, with the, when you grow shiitakes on, on sawdust, um, what happens is that you inoculate that sawdust block, uh, for example, you let it colonize, but then you have to brown it. And that, that, that can take up to like eight weeks of browning. And then you, have to put, then you have to put it out, let it dry out, then you soak it. And that's when you get your, your fruiting. Right. And you're probably going to get that much fruit out of it for it all to be worth it going right. through that sterilization process so when it, yeah uh, we who have a laminar we have a laboratory we have a laminar uh we have an autoclave you know for us that's a little bit easier you know right so. and just for listeners who don't know what a laminar that's a, a hepa flow flowing air that sterilizes the air where you're working with the sterilized medium yes. um so i'd like to change gears a little bit um what what would you so again, so in the line of self-sufficiency and um, producing off the land and trying to create more of all of our own products, how what would you recommend people start with on like creating their first mushroom medicine? First mushroom medicine, I would recommend uh, reishi. It's, um, mm -hmm. um, you know, you can grow it on logs. It's going to take a little bit longer, but mm -hmm. you can also forage it. It's out there. It's mm -hmm. everywhere, you know, so mm -hmm. you can find it all over the woods and um mm -hmm. yeah if you're anyways i'm i'm just gonna tell you that um you don't have to make an extract out of a mm -hmm. mushroom for it to be medicinal mm -hmm. 
you can you just need to cook it because mushrooms mm-hmm. are they're made of um, uh, they're made of chitin and mm-hmm. chitin is a very strong it has a very strong bond so when you ingest it your stomach is not able to break it down so mm-hmm. it uh, but once it once you if, when you cook it when you um, um, heat treat it what happens is that those bonds open up and the medicine will go into your food and then your body can absorb it. So right. if you're eating mushrooms, you're eating medicine. You're yeah, yeah. Eating- Love that. That's yeah. so great. That's why, you know, I, I just, I just, I'm 53. Notice I don't remember things as well. That's I'm really excited about cultivating lion's mane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, let's say someone wanted to do an alcohol tincture. Um, we could just... Can't you just take the mushroom and then just put it in the alcohol and let it sit for a couple of weeks or something like that? It's, isn't it that simple? Yeah, you can, you, but you want to do a double extract. You want to, first of all, you want to chop up your, your mushroom. You want to chop it up because then you have more um, area where the alcohol can get into more surface area for it to become medicine. You know, it, it takes a much quicker time. Chop it up, <clears throat> uh, uh, put, uh, do like two little piles of mushrooms do an alcohol extract and then do the water extract and then you can marry those together. Okay. Great. So you have awesome. mm-hmm. Great. Um, so let's see here. And then, uh, I, I was thinking about this as I was looking through the website. Um, again, the homesteader, someone just trying to get started small in this kind of thing, what would be, and this would be really interesting for me, what would be the easiest entry point for me to do a DIY micro remediation project? Like, let's say I spilled some oil on my driveway or in my garden, and I want to just do a little thing and see if I can extract some of those chemicals and metals. I would, if you spilled some diesel on your soil, I would dig out, dig up that soil and put it in a container mm-hmm. put it on the side and then take another container and do like a lasagna method uh, thing in there where you put down some cardboard wet it down really good, put some wood chips, um, maybe some straw in there as well. Just make sure it's all nice and moist. Then you can do like one layer of that soil of your <clears throat> soil and then keep, keep doing that until, you know, you can go up to like, I believe like six inches <clears throat> and then just let that sit. And the oyster mushroom mycelium is going to break down all the oil inside. And then you need to then just you want it fruits, just throw away the fruits because everything's accumulated in the fruits or? You do not need to do that because, well, I'm not sure. Uh, the only thing that the mushrooms are going to absorb is going to be heavy metals. So if there's, yeah. there's going to be any heavy metals in there, then you have to discard yeah. mushrooms. I, I think if, it, if we're talking about an, an oil spill, uh, you know, this theoretical oil spill, there would be heavy metals in there. So you probably need to cut the fruiting bodies off and throw them away. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's good. Um, and then what if someone just like, you know, wanted to make their soil wanted to make sure let's let's say so for example here we, when we bought our homestead the previous owners just threw junk everywhere so there's just piles of trash all over the place and and i'm not going to be able to dig up all the soil but let's just say i wanted to try to use the power of the mushrooms to try to heal the soil a little bit um I, i'm just guessing that uh, you know spread some wood chips inoculate it use some oysters and just every any type of mushroom. I, I guess I'm thinking out loud and wondering if if I'm thinking of it right. That any type of mushroom is gonna remediate the soil to a certain degree. 
I, I guess I would have to ask, like, what kind of garbage is it? If it's plastic, you know. Plastics, metals, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, metals, forget metals, forget plastic. Mm-hmm. There, there, I believe that there has been a mushroom that was discovered recently that, mm-hmm. uh, that has been shown to break down plastic. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not sure, like, if there any more research has been done about that. Um, but if you have like herbicides and pesticides and things right. like that in your soil, you can definitely remediate it with mushrooms. Definitely. Right. Okay. Great. Well, that's good to know. I didn't know that about the plastics, but that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Billy, I had to add something. What other mushroom? So, um, from the micro remediation projects that we've done with Mushroom Mountain, I think uh, Tiger Sawgill was the choice one that is used by like the state to. Uh, micromediate water, I think, and some soils. So that's a really good one. So how does it? How do you micro remediate water with mushrooms? Given that mushrooms don't live in water, I, yeah. Can you explain that to me? So you go for you, no, you go ahead. I mean, there's it's a bit of a process. I can explain. Um, basically, uh, m- uh, you know, you have the mushroom. Mushroom is really a, a fruiting body. It's kind of like mm-hmm. an apple to a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And so my uh, mycelium—that's uh, what what's underground. If mm-hmm. we're talking about mushrooms that grow on the mm-hmm. ground, and they create like this uh, thick mat, almost like mm-hmm. a um, almost like a filter. Mm-hmm. So you could definitely grow some type of mushrooms, uh, mushroom, let's say oyster, tiger sawgill, or whatever, and then you would pour the water through and through do the filter cycle too, and then yeah. the, the mycelium will uh, will take out all take up all of the stuff. Right. So you, you can use it as a filter, basically take, let's say you had a lake, you had a, a, a mushroom filter, and then, you know, funnel the water through the, through the filter and then back into the lake. I, I, I... This is exactly what happens in the nature. It's exactly mm-hmm. what happens in the nature. And that's why um, right. I do know in South Carolina, in, in uh, some areas, it, um, it's, um, um, they have banned chopping down vegetation that grows right along the riparian um, zone. Yeah. Riparian yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because when you take away like all the vegetation, you're also taking away that mycelium mat, which mm-hmm. you know, filters all the pollutants and everything filters them. So they're not entering our waterways. Right. Great. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I'm going to shift over here. So you can see, if you see like what you guys got here, you've got your learning workshops, which, you know, tons of those. And then um, the spawns that you sell, the plug spawns, the the medicinals um, and the micro remediation. Um, My my question is, is, um, you know, what is it? What does it look like? Given you have so many things that you're doing. Like, how does that look like day to day on your farm? And how would, you know, someone who wanted to maybe get into mushrooms, like what could they expect in terms of their, uh, you know, your, you know, your life on a mushroom farm? Mm-hmm. So w- years ago, we used to, we used to not only make spawn and medicinal mushroom extracts, but we also grew fresh mushrooms for the market. Uh, we've stopped doing that since for different reasons. I can, I can tell you a little bit about it if you're interested so uh what we do right now our uh, life is basically we make spawn uh lots of it and lots of it and lots of it we um are on the phones all day every day giving out advice to people on 
what uh, you know, what what they can grow in their space, what they can grow in their woods, what kind of uh, um, you know, suggesting different like uh, medicinal properties that mushrooms have and what they could be good for 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 their ailment. Um, but yeah, we just and we do a lot of tours. And one of my my absolute favorite things that we do at the farm is that we do uh, tours for kids. Um, oh, nice schools and homeschools and we have a lot of those and uh and the reason for for that is that i feel like i'm i'm part um i'm i'm, I'm making a, a contribution to, to to young people so they can learn about what do mushrooms really do uh, in the ecosystem you know because yeah it's mushrooms are invisible they're they're told oh don't touch that it's poisonous you know like they when they see right. the mushrooms in the woods you know but I want, I want them to know what I didn't know when I was a little kid. Right. The relationships that mushrooms have with trees and animals and insects, yeah. the whole ecosystem. If that's to yeah. me, I love it. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I've, uh, you know, I'm in the process of, of doing the same thing with my daughter, you know, getting her excited. And so in these little glass jars, you know, she can, she can see the mycelium growing and sees that it's, it's you know, underground and working and, um, and, and I really like what you said in the beginning about how you two grew up um, playing in nature all the time. I think a while back, I, I read a statistic somewhere that people who steward the earth, um, you know, nine out of 10 of them spent a lot of time in nature uh, as a kid. So I, I commend the work you're doing. It's like we do need the kids more and more out in nature and seeing the web of life and how it interacts with one another. Um, I guess the next question I'd like to ask you guys is, is, how how has growing mushrooms and cultivating them and and teaching and just running your whole mushroom business has that has that changed you personally um made you see the world differently um billy is gonna answer <laughs> uh, sure i mean um i think that mushrooms really show the connectedness that we have to everything and mm. it's like a spiritual uplift and being able to share that with people and just make everybody understand that uh, we really need to foster nature and the connection that we have with each other, with all the things. Um, and it just changes you. Like for me, it makes me much happier, much, yeah. much less stressed. And uh, like, I know that I'm contributing something to society that's good. Uh, yeah. There's so many good things about mushrooms. They're medicinal, they're nutritional um, in a, you know, vegan way. And, uh, they have like all these special purposes with trees and uh, plants and growth um, is just like a tremendous force. And I think that we just um, need to be more aware of it and <clears throat> it's going to bring great things. Yeah, so. that's, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I like what you said about the, the interconnectedness, which is, I think, um, you know, societally, culturally, planetarily, it's, sort of the one thing that we, you know, that I would say we need to focus on. And, and that brings me to the pretty much my last question for you too is, um, you know, what would you like to leave? What do you think is the, I mean, it seems like you've already basically said it. Maybe Olga, you have another in your own words, a way to say what you'd like people to be left with from this conversation that we're having here today. The, the most important thing. Um, I think that um, with, when it comes to our knowledge and not just about mushrooms, but about how our ecosystems work and, uh, and uh, 
I would just like to say that go out there and learn, learn, go in the woods, connect with nature um, and seek knowledge from, you know, people that, yeah. that know more and, um, and just spending yeah. time out there, you're going to, you're going to feel uh, connected to, to the soil yeah. and the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for sharing your knowledge today and um, keep up the good work. Uh, and people can reach you at um, mushroommountain.com. Um, mm-hmm. Any other contact ways that they should reach you or just through the website? Uh, we are on social media, on uh, on uh, Facebook, we're Mushroom Mountain Farm and on Instagram for Spore Prints. So you can find us there. Uh, but we are, we're there at the farm every day, uh, Monday through Thursday. We don't, we don't do uh, Fridays. So okay. Monday through Thursday. Uh, nine to five, you can get in touch with us. Um, you come know, out. yeah, and then come out, come see us, come visit us. And Great. we have, we, we have a, a mushroom trail on our farm that we uh, rebuild like once a year. We get uh, people to come out and we teach them how to cultivate mushrooms. And in you know, in return, they uh, give us help in spreading wood chips in there, planting more mushrooms. So then and, it, and it's free. You can come out and, and just uh, walk this trail for free. There's a lot of information on there. Um, and just come and learn. Come and learn. Come see Great. us. Great. Awesome. Uh, well, thanks again. And, uh, yeah, we'll keep uh, keep spreading the mycelium. <laughs> we'll do it. You too. You too. Okay. You're doing it.